From the Ron McKeefery Podcast Network, I'm Isaiah Castilleja, and this is Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. In this episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0, Coach Joe Ken and Coach Peter Ken finish our talk about what it's like to be a director and how to draw from your previous experiences to create the leadership style for your program, the depth of the GA position, how to decipher the many different types of experiences young coaches are facing today, and how to learn to give self-criticism and how to better know your role and manage your expectations. All this on a special episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. The Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0 podcast is brought to you by Play. Listen in on a conversation with Play's Global Director of Performance and Education, Coach Mike Buley. Coach Buley describes the vision of how Play will continue to be the company that will propel the innovation of the strength and conditioning profession forward. Well, after 22 years of, of coaching, I've learned that connection trumps communication and that it's not enough for coaches to know that you care. And I think you got to take that a step further. They need to experience that you care. And I've always been a coach that tried to be more tra- uh, transformational than transactional. And so with that awareness in mind too, I always enjoyed working and learning and talking to other people and, and coaches and developing that camaraderie. I've always made myself available to the community because I remember how hard it was too to try to get a crack into this this profession. And, and uh, I promised myself if ever I was given a shot, I would never take advantage of that. I always allow myself to uh, help other people uh, chase their dreams in this profession. It's been very good to me. Play is a company that will help your strength conditioning program find solutions for all your needs. Review second best and check them out at play.us for more information. No, no doubt. And having just finished up my MBA, uh, you, you know, proof of concept and business transaction, you're, uh, you know, hitting all the right spots now, you know, coach Joe can, What's some advice you'd give to a younger coach like your son? And then also, what's a piece of advice you'd give to that coach that just became a director? You know, they maybe their their first time being in that director position. And I always tell my interns and, and my assistants, it's a whole different ball game when you're sitting in the captain's chair. Like there's like heavy is the head that wears the crown. So what's the advice you'd give to the first time director and then the younger strength coach? I would say as a first-time director to remember how you were led and scratch all the things you hated, right? And and try to enhance the positives, but without changing who you are. Like the biggest thing you don't, especially if you are promoted within the, the same program and people who are your peers are now your staff, and that's why uh, it's very, although there was, there's always a hierarchy. I always try to, when I could, I hope I, tr- I hope I did. I wanted my staff to feel like it was us. Like it's, it's us, not me and you. It, it was a true, I just happened to be the guy driving the ship, but I tried to give as much ownership and that was the great thing about having a program with multiple sports to give right because now i can give this coach this sport this coach and now they have ownership within themselves they're the head coach of that team and i'm there for support so you want to you you have to ask yourself first what type of leader do you want to be I always felt, regardless of my actions sometimes, that I always had the best interest in my definition of leader is not how many people are following, but how many leaders you can make. I think I've answered that call. But 
there were times in my career that I was a hard driving individual for the reasonings of I wanted you to succeed. I felt like, I think Adam Fight once said, hardest job I had, best job I had, and sometimes the worst job I may have had. But from a preparation standpoint, I think you got everything you would need to face or almost everything. And my wife likes to say my Arizona State years was my Devil Wears Prada years. <laughs> if you've never seen that movie. She oh, yeah. used to tell people when they got hired, watch that movie right away because that's the type of boss you're getting. Uh, and again, you evolve. I don't. I, I definitely outgrew that at Louisville and then as an NFL strength coach, it's a grown man league. So you got to have grown man. You have to have a grown man staff. But as a college or university, and again, a lot of it depends. If you're a one sport strength coach, I would have advice differently than individuals like yourself. I, I prefer to, to, if I were to say I'd want to mentor, I'd rather mentor individuals in your position because I grew up in that. I was at Boise State before Boise State was what they are today. We were a one AA program with a $3,600 a year budget for everything. So uh, I've been there. I, uh, I, why did I bring strongman training to Boise State? One of the first of three coaches, I believe it was myself, Mark Phillippe, and uh, Chris Doyle at the time, had, uh, had brought the influence of strongman training into college athletics in the late 90s. Uh, I did it because they wouldn't give me any equipment. So I could trade T-shirts for tractor tires and run down to the Boise River and pick up some 150-pound stones of, to lift over our heads. So those are things that you learn uh, as a, you know, as an up and coming coach. I, I, you should never forget who you are. I still carry around a Costco card because when I was at Boise State, I had to work for Costco on the weekends and didn't travel with the football team for a year because I had to pay for Peter's diapers and had to pay for Joe's daycare. So, you know, people, people, people say, oh, house, I want to be you. You want to stock candy at three morning and 10 on the weekends and Hey, if you need overtime, you can go stack the cigarettes out of Costco. You want to move seven times or watch your wife or your significant other or, or your husband move seven times and pull kids out of school. and reg I never bought a house and I never moved. I've never registered a kid in school and I've never pulled this kid out. Uh, is that, does that make me a good or bad dad? It's, uh, it doesn't make me a great one, you know, but it's, Part of the it's part of the world we lived. Hey, I got to go turn this program around. So your mom got to stay back. And you know, then six months later, when the kids are going crazy because the dad's not around, uh, that's that's on me. So you, you got to remember those things when you take over the boss seat. You're the one who's going to leave. You know, I, I always said this, even even in my harshest times as a coach. When your day, I, I don't believe in the prisoner of the desk. You know, don't be a prisoner to your desk or your office. If you're done, you're done. Now, I got caught up in the stupid stuff of first one in, and then I realized, well, who's evaluating the first one in? Because the people you're trying to impress aren't coming for another four hours. First one in, last one out. Okay, well, if you're the first one in and last one out, no one knows. So uh, I think there's some interesting stories that go on with that. But as a director, do you want to be a how 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 is your de definition of leading? Right? Is it do you want followers or do you want to develop leaders? Because if you want followers, it's going to be a little bit more demonstrative, and I don't know what those relationships long term would be. And not, no one's perfect. No, not all relationships are one hundred percent perfect. But if you're a, if you're a leader who wants to develop and make create leaders so they have the opportunities to sit at the head table that's a different type of mentorship so you have to ask yourselves are you willing are you willing to invest in that because that's time uh, that that's an investment in time that's an investment of more than just worrying about is the football team going to win saturday night and keep my job and then reading every book that patrick lenciani ever wrote you know, and, you know, for the, so I think it's a, it's a really, what I call, it's a self-reflection. It's very hard to be self-reflective. 
we've had to do that now for two years coming out. What did I learn about what of my time with the Panthers? What did I learn with my time with the Louisville Cardinals? What did I learn at my time uh, with the Arizona State Sun Devils? What did I learn at my time in Utah? Good or bad? Like self-criticism is hard to look in the mirror and say to yourself, you you effed that up. That's on you. You can't take that away. And it's things you learn. Uh, stop crying that the coach didn't win. We all didn't win. You signed up for winning. You want that bowl game when we – you want that bowl bonus and you want that bowl ring and it's all right, but you can't you can't back off and say it's someone else's fault when you're 2-12. and 12. So that that's some of the things just rattling off. For the up-and-coming strength coach, it's very – I would say this. It's never – until it changes, it's not changing. It's a battle. It's a battle to break, like Peter said. It's a battle to get on the other side of the door. <laughs> and it sucks. I, I and and the the jobs are plenty compared to it was when I started. Because remember, you go to some of these high-level power five schools, they've got 20-something total strength coaches. When I when I started, there was a head strength coach, and very rarely was there a full-time assistant. If you heard of a full-time assistant job, when I came out, I was like, man, that school was huge. I mean, it was me and Coach Thompson with every sport we had. So it's changed. But for all the jobs that are open, there's it's five times as many strength coaches now. Everybody wants to be a strength coach. And and like you said, like Peter said, uh, the pandemic and the budgetary restraints are changing with the addition of full-time nutritionists, sports science and then all the sports now adding analysts and all these off-field positions for all for all sports now and again most athletic departments are going to give that thirty thousand dollar entry level position to one of the sport teams before they're going to give it to a strengths program so we've got to we've got to understand we we chose what we wanted to be i could have easily been a football coach i don't know where that would have put me I chose this path and I'm happy with this path. I, I, I have no, I have no regrets. Well, I shouldn't say that, uh, but from a professional standpoint, I couldn't have asked for a, had a lot more mountain climbs than I've had falling off the cliff, so to speak. So uh, I think from that standpoint, I've been fortunate, but you know, the up and comers, it's hard, it's hard to break that barrier. And like, like I told Peter, it's, you know, well, more importantly, like I told his mom, I can't help. There's the jobs that are available, or, you know, it's a hit or miss, uh, you know, trying to call in connections and, you know, and I, and I've done, uh, you know, I, I, I want to, you know, I'm, I'm not stupid now. My son, he understands what's up. He understands trading off the name and, and I, I he knows where I stand on that stuff, but I'm going to help him. <laughs> How am I not going to help it as best I can? But I don't expect anyone to hand him the job. But I, I would I would hope to think he'd get a look, and I, and he's more than qualified for the for the entry. I, I mean, I'm not saying that because he's my kid. Uh, I'm no different than you know. I can speak on a certain people because I've worked with him. When when I first met Adam Fight, he was no different than Peter, and he had an extensive resume better than people that had ten years of experience because of the way they do things at at uh, Springfield College. I mean, he was 25 years old, and his resume looked like he'd been in the field for 10 years. And I'm not saying Peters looks like that because with COVID, I mean, he's been a six-year college athlete, but when, but because of he knew early on what he wanted to be, we got him involved earlier. He did, he did a, an internship with me uh, when he was still, uh, shoot, two, three years into school. He, he went with Coach Horrigan at Wake Forest. And like I said, that was one of, you know, that's where he learned what most interns are. Go WD-40, all the bars. You got 200 towels to change. No one's helping you. Uh, and then at the end of the day, go disinfect all the plates. And then you all observe, set up the drills, and learn from there. Uh, he did the similar stuff with us with the Panthers. You know, and then, like he said, he got the opportunity of a lifetime with Gino. I'll, I can't. 
thank Gino enough for giving him a shot because for two full summers, he's down there coaching kids from pre-K or kindergarten till the best high school football players in the nation at Allen, Texas, at Allen High School, and he's coaching. He's getting paid, and he's coaching, and you can't take away that experience from him. He's coached seventh and eighth grade girls, 100 to a group, and he's coached one of the best high school football teams in America, year in and year out, all in the same day, four to five days a week, and every other athlete in between, and still had to train and and do the things he needed to do to be a Division One athlete. And Gino's aware of that, like Peter can tell you. Gino hires a bunch of athletes that go home in the summer, and he gives them a block of time where they train during the day. So Gino understands the game. And, and then, again, he had, a, he had a couple of opportunities at App, took advantage of, again, me knowing the, the coach, and the coach gave him a chance to get some hours in with the football program at App. And then it really, it really I, I give him all the credit for the Iowa State stuff. He called the NCAA nine times to see if he was going to get an eligibility. Then when he found out he was going to get eligibility, can I transfer? And then he put his name in the portal. He spoke to 30 different schools. And, and with academics and athletics, Iowa State was the best opportunity for him to, to go out and see what he was made of. And he's a Big 12 athlete. And then he was smart enough and we were smart enough to use some of our connections to get the right names for him to contact in the strength and conditioning department. And, and I'm grateful for Coach Dombrowski for giving him a shot because now he's got Big 12 internship experience on his resume on top of all the little ancillary stuff he's done. And, you know, that's the thing is Peter made a good point and we talked about it with the with the death of the GA and the way they're looking at some of these entry-level positions, it's it's a lot different. Like two years of experience, master preferred. How you getting that? See, when I when I remember, and different schools are different, so I I can't remember if it was Arizona State. It might have been. We we considered graduate assistantship 0.5 full-time. So if you had did a two-year GA, we considered that one year of experience. And I think that's a good way to, to look at it with these internships now because most people are doing full-fledged, non-voluntarily, voluntary internships are, you know, a full-time job. Let's face it. You do an internship now and we're still getting away with voluntary internships, that's a full-time job. To me, I, I'm not saying this, I would consider that half credit. So if you've got, you know, three years of internships and people want to look, that's a year and a half of full-time. Or, and then in some cases, if you work during that, like, if you know, in Peter's case, if you're, if I'm looking at resumes and I see that, well, this was a paid position, well, then that's full-time. That's a full-time job. If they're paying you per hour, and that was the great thing about our internship program at the Panthers where we paid. Ours were paid internships. So whether it was an internship or not, if I find out it's a paid position and, and you're working 40, 50 hours a week, that's full-time, that's full-time experience. So you gotta you gotta look at those things when you're when you're on the come up, right? You're trying to break in. Uh, and it sucks because in our profession or career, whatever you want to call it, until until someone can figure out how we're manipulating the rules of labor, that we've got these people interning for 15 weeks for free and going 40, 50, 60 hours a week for two T-shirts, a pair of sneakers and shorts, uh, we've got to, we again, as mentors, have to consider that as legitimate experience. I know this, anybody who worked for us as an unpaid intern did full-time work. They worked entire days. I don't know how they did it sometimes financially. Very few of them could find time to work. So to me, paid or not, you work 60 hours a week, that's full-time. 
And we got it. So that's why I say, as us as leaders and administrators and people who are putting up these job descriptions, we've got to understand it's a different era. You're asking people a lot. You, you're asking kids to go and hawk for a master's degree that you got paid for because you were a GA. I mean, I got two degrees for $500. I got an undergraduate degree for on an athletic scholarship and a master's degree because I had to pay just one summer session while I was at Boise State. Uh, most people got student loans that they're paying off uh, 10 years into their marriage. I, I feel very fortunate about yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. extremely tough. And, you know, and again, <laughs> yeah. even like Peter, his, his, I give him credit for being an adult. He, he decided he was going to do this. His mom continued to ask him, are you sure you want to do this? And he took out his own student loan. He did a grown up move. I got to mm. see this through. This is what I'm doing. He filled out all the paperwork, got him his student loan. And, you know, he's got, one more year to finish up and then he's got to have a job to pay that thing off or, or, or go back to school again and take another loan out so you don't ever have to. Just keep getting unsubsidized loans, be a professional uh, yeah. but for student. The, you know, but the, young, the, 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 the person trying to break in, here, here's what I will tell you too. And, and this was something that kind of irritated me. I'm a New Yorker. I'm never going to be the super guy, the approachable guy. But I, uh, someone said something about, oh, we were at a clinic and uh, uh, someone told me they heard I was unapproachable. I go, unapproachable? I can't be unapproachable in my job, right? I'm an ambassador and, and, and a vice president of a large equipment company. Now, does that mean I'm going to be smiling around, high-fiving people like Martin Rooney? No, that's not. I'm a, I'm a passionate emotional guy, but I'm not the Tony Robbins of physical fitness. You know, uh, Todd Durkin, I don't think those guys are fake. I don't, they don't have fake juice. That's legitimate sauce that that's in their DNA to be very high on life and, and be passionate to help people. But you cannot be afraid to approach somebody. That doesn't make someone unapproachable because you're afraid to approach them. Believe me, my first conference was in St. Louis, Missouri, NSCA summer, 1991, when I interviewed for the Boise State job and two others that I first met Boyd Epley. He won't remember it, but I remember being nervous. It's like all get out. Boyd Epley, there he is. He's walking around, you know, perfectly combed hair, the tight red Husker Power collared shirt, and it looked like a spotlight was following him around the hallway. You got to get the nerves to do it, right? He's not going to, you know, most people, you know, you don't want to get big time. That's a different story. I've learned the hard way and I've done it and I've made mistakes on that. So I try to, but if you generally go up to somebody and there's nothing going on, they'll probably spend a few seconds to acknowledge that you exist. And I've learned to overdo that because I've been big timed and as a young coach climbing the ladder who thought he was big time. I big time people in the same situation I was and kind of had to, again, self-reflect, check yourself. You ain't really what you think you are. If someone's going to approach the unapproachable, give, give them, try to give them the time of day. And I think as a coach coming up the ladder and you see somebody you, you respect or you've read their work, I think most people in our profession at conferences do a very good job of taking the time. I don't, I don't see too much of that. You see it more with, uh, I saw it more at the AFCA with football coaches uh, when I was coming up, but the strength coaches, I think they've got a little bit more uh, fraternity, so to speak, when they, they feel for each other because they know that we don't get vacations and everyone else does. And, well, oh, we've got to show up and run people on Saturday mornings while the position coaches get to stay home with their families and, you know, all that other cuckoo stuff that allegedly is the strength coach's unwritten, unwritten job description. So you got, you got to be aware of that. Do not be afraid to hear about all the, the things that aren't great about what we do. 
because you've got to know that too. Like Peter said, you've got to be willing to understand what you're going, getting yourself into. If you have a, if you're in a relationship, you have to pound it into your partner's skull. Do you understand? This isn't the we're getting a job and 50 years later, I'm getting a gold watch. You know, I've been, I've been the longest tenured job I had was nine years. And I know people who've been very fortunate to be at the same place 20, 30, 40 years. If you've done that, man, I, 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 I have a much kudos to you. Uh, to me personally, my DNA doesn't work that way because I get to that point where, okay, what's next? What's the next challenge? Uh, to me, there's value in my journey as far as the innovator and creator of the tier system because I've proven it to myself. It works at all levels. The, 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 the template can be manipulated based off what goes in the template for any level of, of athlete and sport. And you go and you do it at Boise State. Okay, well, you've been here eight years. You've never done it anywhere else. This, these, these athletes, or it's like the Pied Piper. Your staff was all work study and student assistance. They're not gonna. They're not gonna question you. Oh, you have to go somewhere else and see if what you can do there. Now you take a job and you've got a real staff who was brought up in the four day a week program, and you're throwing three day a week down their throat, telling them this is how we're writing all the programs. You got to win them over. You can't just tell them this is what we're doing. You learn how to justify and make a and make commitment to why we're doing what we do, and then you have success. And they're like, can you do it again? at the larger place. And now all of a sudden you go to a school where name recognition puts you in a position where now it's gonna go global. And now you're gonna do things that you never thought you would even accomplish as a strength and conditioning coach. And, and that's what you, you know, you have to be in it for that. It's a long, it's a long haul. Don't, don't be afraid to start formalizing your own opinions, but be very aware of when to express that opinion. It's like I always say sometimes I get pissed off. When I want your opinion, I'll give it to you, right? But it goes back to that earning. If you show me you can understand the game and how to earn respect and to show that you care, that you're, you're learning the process, I'm gonna ask you, what do you think of this? And when I ask you that, I want Isaiah's opinion. I don't want Verkashansky's, Louis Simmons, or Tuta Bompas. I want your interpretation of the things you've learned and read. I've read those books. I know what they say. I don't care to know what they know. I need to know what you've learned and how you've applied it in the experiences because most of the books we're reading don't live in the environments we coach in. Bondarchuk trained hammer throwers. <laughs> Most of what we do is from weightlifting and powerlifting. I need to know what you did with your 16 sports by yourself to make it work. And what parts of those things did you implement? And that's called creating ownership and self-worth and, and giving yourself the opportunity to be a lifelong learner, uh, staying in the forefront and continuing to strive to be in a position that all comes back to putting yourself in a position to betterment of the athlete. Uh, I always said, I'll accomplish everything I want if I get those guys to accomplish everything they want. And, and that's what I've learned. I've done that the whole time. I coached Steve Smith in college. Steve wasn't a big weightlifter. You know what I learned? They're not here to be on weightlifting scholarship. Uh, I, I learned at Boise State, these guys don't love lifting like you do. And if you expect all your athletes to, you're never going to be happy. But there's a reason why they do what they do. There's a reason why you do what you do. It's probably called love what you do. 
And, and remember, the, the large majority of who we coach has to be there. They don't want to be there. And that's a big thing like with Peter, when he, he told me when he was going, when he figured it out, you know, I had got him into powerlifting and things like that. I, that was my way for my sons as they took their very beginning journey of, of sport. And then Peter wound up becoming a individual sport athlete was to put them in a position to compete where no one else could, they couldn't hop. And as a lifter was one way I knew that put them in a lifting meet. Uh, you know, if they were, you know, there's other ways if they got into wrestling or things like that, but you know, they were both into team sports and they had to learn how to compete with no one else helping. That's how they, that's how they got into lifting. And Peter came home one day uh, and he was really, he's a very good pure raw power lifter in high school, but he came home one day and I can't remember how he said it, but he goes, lifting's not a chore anymore. And that's, you know, where, where because of his growth in the weight room was different than my oldest, my oldest never had fun in the weight room. And that was my fault. He was machine-based almost, like uh, he calls it Kenovich, like the Marinovich story. Uh, not to that drastic. He got to eat sweets and drink soda and stuff, but but he never had fun in the weight room. You know, most of us did curls and benches, and his first day in the weight room is glute ham raises, climbing a rope, inverse leg curls, and chin-ups, you know, where, you know, and – Peter's first experience was on a slab of cement on the backyard of my sister-in-law's house uh, with a bunch of old bumper plates because I was at the Panthers and his mom was was busy and couldn't get him to Travis's. But once or twice a week, and we were that's you know that's that was his introduction. And he still wound up, you know, you know, it was a first his first meet ever pulled three thirty-five in a meet is a dead in a deadlift. I was all kudos to him. See, everybody's journey is kind of funny, right? And you, little things that I remember, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, that I have no issues of saying out loud because, again, I think at this point where I stand, people need to hear that everybody has vulnerabilities, but no one's perfect. You, If you can look yourself in the eye and be able to tell yourself that yeah I, I still have those things I mean uh, again I'm fortunate that my number one supporter has always been my wife my mom and dad obviously but my wife's been with me from the coma like my wife always likes to remind me that she chose this lifestyle and your kids did it <laughs> and there's something to be said about that right when you're making decisions uh, she knew what she signed up for <laughs> They, they sure didn't. And, you know, moving and things like that, it's, it's, you know, there's good and bad. There's positives to moving. You learn resiliency, uh, coping mechanisms. But in, uh, you know, the older you get, the harder it gets. Because the, the friends and the relationships change. And this day is a lot different. Uh, my, my son still have friends from several moves because of the advancements of cell phones and different ways of communication but you know back when we when i was with just landlines you moved you kind of didn't see people you didn't really talk to them much because your parents had a hard time paying phone bill and long distance calls would cost a lot of money so to, it, it's an incredible journey if you're willing to understand that first level right like what were we just talking about today in another meeting you know, everybody sees the tip of an iceberg, but never, no one sees what's below. And that, that's the hard part of the journey is no one, no one saw my, my beginnings, like the very first two years at Pinecrest Prep, that more importantly, the year that my oldest son was born and my wife had to go to back to work to support us. You know, no one, no one sees that part of the foundation of of who you are and what you 
aspire to become. They just see the oh, house was in the Super Bowl. You know, house did this. Da, 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 da. Well, there's a lot of things that aren't too cool that no one sees that come through coaching. And I think the importance of having a a solid somebody who's not afraid to check you like I do at home is the reason why that will be married 32 years in June, which Congrats. is like a yeah. lifetime in coaching. <laughs> yeah, no, no doubt. Yeah. You know, and no those doubt. Are, there's values there with that. And that's something that we've, we, we've had an interesting journey and it's worked out great. And uh, I can be better husband and like, just like I could be a better dad, but Sometimes I always go back to, well, I've had to do something right because we're doing okay, right? And then, but those certain things that I'm just, it's hard to beat stuff out of people. And so, so it's a little different there, but it, it, it's been, it's been, it's been fun to watch both my kids like evolve athletically and then evolve as grown men. I'm, I'm super proud of both of my, my oldest son is a terrific dad, like super terrific. The fact that I'm a granddad's kind of still funny, but my uh, next week my granddaughters are going to be a third grader already, and my little man goes to kindergarten. And you know we're fortunate that they lived with us for a while, and now they they're over tonight. They spend a couple of nights a week with us. Uh, that's you know I can't trade that. And when I was coaching, I never saw them. That's why they love their their Grammy more their Grammy more than they <laughs> because they're always with them. That's, they're like best friends, and I love that because I just need to like I, I tell people I just need to see my people and be around. Them. I don't need to do much else because I, I I have my I believe I my wife's booing me in the back, but she's a touch she's a she's the she's the rock that holds it all together for us and keeps everything like copacetic. So it, again, it's a it, Interesting journey for the up and coming. You have to be aware of all these things. Sometimes your parents won't get it. What do you mean you got to do another internship? You've been out of school for two years now. I know it sucks. I mean, but you got they got you know you gotta you gotta explain to them every that this is the path. Like I hate I hate that it hasn't evolved to a better path from from the beginnings. Right with the again with the the unpaid intern. I still, it's amazing what we are, what we allow, what we've allowed to do in this profession when it comes to that. And, 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 you know, what's disappointing too, is that up and coming coach who's starting later, right? Uh, how many times do you get a call from a 40 year old coach who wants to, how do I break into the pros coach? I've been coaching high school for 20 years. I've got a wife and four kids. You really want to, you really want to give all that up to do a, 11 week internship and take a chance. I, I mean, that's, I don't want to crush anyone's dreams, but uh, there's a realism. Just like, again, every day is what, whether I want to coach or not, it's irrelevant. I mean, that's, but for every day that I don't coach, is one more day away that I'm probably not coaching. And when I talk about coaching, I'm talking about university or professional model in that in those settings. And that's something that I have to accept. So my where where is my growth now? My growth is explaining that journey to the individuals on the podcast and the individuals who are breaking in like Pete and the individuals who are 10 years in and the individuals who could be on the chopping block this year because their teams haven't won in two years. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Optimum Nutrition Athletics. After dominating the sports nutrition industry for over 30 years, the newly created Optimum Nutrition Athletics brings the same trust and quality at a great price. They've worked hard to put convenient nutritional supplement options in the hands of your athletes. Because of the increased demands, ON now offers their third-party tested NSF certified gold standard whey protein powder in 10-pound bags exclusively for their athletics partners. 
Owen even released ready-to-drink cartons of their gold standard whey protein shakes for your athletes and coaches that are on the go. Colleges and universities across the country have partnered with ON to give their athletes the highest quality nutritional supplements, and ON continues to deliver. They provide flexibility and affordability for all their partners. If you'd like to learn more about their expanding line of supplement products, or if you're interested in becoming a partner, contact ON's Rachel Kravitz on Instagram at ON underscore athletics underscore West or email rkravitz at glambia.com. Right, right. I think that's great, Coach. And shout out uh, to Peter. It sounds like everything your uh, your old man was describing about you, you're a pretty stand-up guy. So I, I, I think that leads me to my next question is, you know, if and I'll, I'll ask you both, you know, Peter, if you could pick up your cell phone and call Peter Ken from five years ago, what would you tell him? And then, uh, house the, for you, it'd be if you can pick up the phone and call Joe Ken from 10 years ago, what would you tell him? Make a little emotional right now. Um, I think the first thing I would say is don't take it personal if it's not personal, and you got to learn that lesson pretty quick. Um, whether it's college athletics or general life, sometimes it's just not personal and you can't take it that way. Um, but I would mo- mostly drive back to continue always pursuing the macroscopic perspective that you've always had and uh, don't ever let anyone else believe in you change your belief because it worked for you in the end and it got you where you're supposed to be. Hmm. Great. And that's uh, some great advice there for, for yourself and our listeners. And uh, Coach Joe Ken, if you can call yourself from 10 years ago, what would you tell yourself? Well, 10 years ago, I was out of coaching and wound up getting my dream job. My mm. legitimate, we hear coaches say all the time, I got my dream job. Well, I got my dream job. The Carolina Panther job been on my radar since 1995 when they were awarded the franchise and I was still at Boise State. And Dave Caldwell, the former GM of the Jacksonville Jaguars, who was coaching, excuse me, was scouting at the Colts, was one of the very first coaches I had told him that that was my dream job when we were at Boise and he was working his way up the ladder and I was working up mine. And he called me, one of the first people to congratulate me and goes, you got your dream job. And, and I tell people, and this is what I, but dreams come to an end, right? And, uh, and although I lasted nine years and it was a tremendous ride, I have, uh, I, I can't believe it, right? Nine years in the NFL and you're with your dream team and you were there nine years. But I, but I would tell myself, you know, dreams uh, come to an end. You wake up. And you have to be aware of that. And sometimes that dream may end short at a time where you didn't think it would. And that was some of my self-reflection was uh, I stayed nine years because it's hard to leave the NFL. And it's hard to break a contract in the NFL when you're trying to get out. But I probably at year seven, it was time for me to move on. Like again, it was uh, the job that they had asked me to do was accomplished. There was no further growth. Uh, the value of the position was still important to the organization, but as far as the individual that I was in that role, it was. I felt like it. It kind of got to a point where I needed to prove myself somewhere else, and and so I've learned that if I would tell myself, "You got your dream job." But at some point in time, it's gonna it's gonna change to a point where you need to go and figure something else out. And I don't mean and I don't and I can't say that that would be for everybody. Because like again, there's been a lot of coaches that I have the utmost respect for that I don't want to say they were content. That'd be a, that'd be wrong because winning and losing allows you to stay somewhere 20 years. <laughs> so that means you can't be content winning every year. 
you, you, you lose when you get content. Uh, so I would say that for me personally, I, I would have hoped that that would have been my last, like I was hoping to ride that to, to the end. And to be honest with you, even uh, I would have, I needed to look to move. And I would, and that's one thing that I didn't uh, really understand. And that's something that I would have told myself that, hey, you got your dream job. I know you think this is the one, but be prepared because there might come a time during this, during this tenure where the dynamics change and it might, it was always, I, I never had a bad day. I mean, there was, there was certain circumstances that might have changed over time. Uh, relationships change over time. That's just the way it is. Just like players change over time. But when I really look back and, again, show the self-criticism of who I am, what I did at certain points, I could see where the taper started to taper to a downslope. And that's when you – it's hard to do, man. It's hard. Again, you got in my position. I had one of thirty-two jobs in the entire world uh, at a tremendous organization. The people who brought me in there and gave me a ch- shot, I'll always hold in, in in a higher regard for giving me the opportunity of a lifetime. But because of my aspirations for myself and maybe it's selfishness maybe it's arrogance maybe it's cockiness but i have a certain aspect that i think that i can bring to the game that's more than the typical description of a strength and conditioning coach and when you feel like you've proven your values and you can just see how the the role uh you know again i use a lot of the things that i learned from coaches uh, Coach Rivera, know your role. Uh, ma- know manager. Know your role. Manage your expectations. It got harder for me to manage my expectations as my role was becoming just a, a very flat line position. So that's on me, and how I handled that, whether it was the right way, the wrong way, indifferent, uh, changes the complexity of what things are. And then you got to know that it's time for you to make moves. Uh, and it's hard, but again, it's hard to make moves, even in my position. I've interviewed for jobs, in, you know, two jobs I didn't get for whatever reason it is. Uh, I didn't get them. So it doesn't matter really who you are. I mean, you know, you can be told you're a living legend and overqualified. Well, what does that mean? But it, you know, so again, I, I feel very fortunate where where I am today and at the the ownership of Dynamic have given me a very cool opportunity to do certain cool things and put myself in a, and still give me the capability to say my piece and give my uh, opinion. Uh, and again, they're my opinions. I reserve the right to be wrong. It's just one person's opinion on a journey and what two eyes have seen through a 32-year quest in the field of strength and conditioning, watching the evolution. Uh, I don't necessarily going to say it's right or wrong. It's, a, it's an opinion. I think most of it has a lot of facts to it as far as how, the, how things have changed. And, that, and that's what I feel like I have value to the Peter Kens of the world and the Coach Isaiah's of the world. And everybody in between, and even the ones that were the people I looked at to, who I pay it forward to. I tell people all the time, I get on these shows because I owe those people that came before me to make sure that they're always remembered and to study the history of the people. Uh, you know, the golden age of strength and conditioning, every strength coach should read that book. You want to know why you got a job? Read that book. You don't have a job because all these schools got money now and can pay for position. You got jobs for all those guys who were the head strength coaches of the university, like Chip Sigmund, and his salary was zero and he slept on a cot in a storage room. 
you know, uh, you know, you know, everybody's, you know, if you don't know who Boyd Epley is, then you shouldn't be in the profession. <laughs> so it, it's, yeah, I, you know, there's a lot of things I would tell, uh, uh, you know, I, I mean, but, you know, 10 years later, I look at him and I was an NFL strength coach for nine years. Do not feel sad for me. Do not. I mean, I, and I'm just like a player, man. I was one year away from double digits. You get to double digits in the professions. I, you know, playing in double digits will always be higher than coaching. But to to be in the NFL, if I'd have, if I'd have made double digits, ooh, you know, I mean, I'll, I'm one year, you know, and again, and I, but I'm very satisfied with the run I had because I accomplished. I know what I know what I set out to do and how I wanted to do it, and it was well received by the only people that mattered, the locker room. Yep. No doubt. No, that's some great advice from the both of you. What's the best way we can find out what you guys are doing or, you know, if you have a website or your social media, somewhere to shout out where we can tune in to what you guys got going on next? I'll go first, I guess, Uh, just because he's probably got a longer list. One, if you haven't checked your inbox, I probably sent you an email. So you can go ahead and check one of those. Uh, but seriously, uh, Instagram's Peter Ken one, Twitter's Peter Ken one. I've been on LinkedIn a lot more lately. I'm sure when this comes out, I'll go, I'll go ahead and post it on there as well. Um, that's obviously more my professional route. Um, but yeah, those are my three main ones right now. Um, if you ever want to get in contact with me, you can shoot me a direct message on either one and I'll get you my professional contact information. Um, but right now that's what I'm doing. Hopefully when I get a full-time job here in the next couple However long it's going to be, you'll see a lot more of me. But, yeah, that's, that's it for me. Yeah, I'm not, uh, you know, I like social media. I try to be smart on it. But my, I'm at Big House Power on Instagram and Twitter. www.bighousepower.com is my website. And, uh, you know, I'm, obviously you can find a lot of my stuff on the Dynamic uh, Fitness and Strength page we have our 60 second strength coach which i really like like if i i've done a lot of writing i would i would tell a lot of the strength coaches probably more peter's bracket if you want a lot of quick hit stuff that has a lot of value go check out our 60 second strength coach because those blogs i think are straight money like I'm extremely proud of those blogs because I think it's very practical and quickly applicable to a lot of situations, regardless of how you write a program. There's just some really good stuff and that the content, I'm very, very happy with what I've got out. Now, like anything else, because I'm very, I'm broad based here from a global perspective on coaching, but my narrowness on how I train is locked in. I'm running out of stuff. <laughs> but if uh, those, you know, uh, I'm, I've learned through evolution that, like Peter said, D, the DM, like I was going to rewrite that, that rap song, it's going down in the DM to it's going down in the strength coach DM, you know, sending resumes, begging for jobs. Uh, I think, like Peter said, I, I like the way he said it. Hit me up, and I'll give you a better contact if you need to really talk about. But uh, it, it's the way we—it's the way we live now. Like messaging through LinkedIn, messaging through uh, Instagram, and messaging uh, more so people message through Instagram than Twitter. Uh, Facebook people just usually post up, but but Facebook Messenger is like a secondary email for a lot of people. So it's, it's very funny how the social media DM is a, it's sometimes the only way of the direct contact. It's a first contact, like for a lot of people in this era. So I think uh, you have to accept that. You can't look at it like, oh, don't DM me and this and that. Well, I know I've had a hard time searching out emails. And the best way for me is like, hey, man, can you send me a contact so I can hit you up? So that's a, 
it's funny, man. It's a it's a funny game. I, again, I was just on a call today, and we were talking about coaches who who want to promote a product, but don't want no part of social media. And in this day and age, that's where some of these platforms are coming into play because they'll help promote it for you. No doubt. No doubt. And I, that's how I got a hold of you guys is slid into your DMs on Instagram, like trying to get a get a moment with you. So it, it oh, definitely works. in the DM, man. The oh, yeah. DM. No doubt. Bells, plates, and benches. <laughs> Are you going to help me, coach? Hey, there you go. There you go. And uh, yeah, shout out to your big house power. I, I, I remember I had, I was subscribing to that like nine years ago, way back when you had, to, I had to pay like $50 for the year. And then I, I, too. Yeah, I people know. Like 50 a month. Well, that's why, and you know, it's funny. It's, and it's, and why, and I'll tell you why we went free because we couldn't keep up with the subscription content and it wasn't, it wasn't fair for people to subscribe or especially if they want auto renew. And my wife and I felt like let's just offer it up for free and utilize a, the email as a registrate, like, Hey, you want to get, and that's how, if you watch, we've changed the concept where it's like on the house, you can get access. Everything on the site is free, except if you purchase something from the store. But, the inside the house was all the paid content and there you have to send, you have to register. So you have to well, try to help my email list. But uh, we just, again, at the end of the day, it became, you know what, we we're not doing a good enough job. It's not fair, you know, to take people's money. <laughs> and I, I had no problem paying that coach. I remember getting the email saying the big house subscription was going to auto renew. And I was like, send it, just, just yeah, send but, it. But again, and I think that's why, and and I and I don't say this to pat myself on the back, but I know what it's like to be a a coach with not a lot of money. Mm. And we wanted to make our prices very user friendly and coach friendly. Even when I run my one day clinics, people are like, oh, you should charge two fifty. I go, I can't, because there's coaches who two fifty, man, that's their groceries. Like they, some of these coaches don't have money coming from the school they've got to ask their wife hey can i have a hundred bucks to not be with you this saturday because i'm going to go to a clinic so i felt like if i could keep it like five bucks a month that was kind of budget friendly and now i just was like hey you know what i will go and just do it for just do it for free because i i would rather do things like that where i have this content and then when I start going back and doing my one day seminars inside the house, I, I charge. I mean, I go back and forth. You know, it, I remember when it was 50 bucks, 75, 99. Now it looks like a one day clinic's like 129. And I'm like, you know what, man, I don't need, uh, I don't need it to like, that's not my livelihood. So I, I will continue to go with until until I really see something change, uh, my my clinics, my day clinic, and my day clinics are all day. We go eight to when I stop. Like I've learned to tell people, if you're gonna, you, I hate to tell you this, because I want it to be a one day clinic, but you may have to get a hotel room for Saturday night because I'll go to ten o'clock. We did it with our uh, Mike Robertson and our EADS clinic. We speak, we speak till we're done, and that's my thing. That's why I like doing my own clinics. I don't have a 50 minute time limit. I speak and do whatever I want. The day goes the way I want and you get your money's worth. So I'll, I'll probably continue to always do a $75 early bird and $99 at the door. And we're looking for spots now. Like, uh, I, I mean, you can, I mean, I know I, I am, in, I am intrigued with that Denver area. Uh, and then when I have to find people, you know, it all goes back to, the right local people helping promote it. And, and is it, is it an area of professional development types of coaches? I don't know the right word I'm looking for where I know like South Carolina to me in strength and conditioning and people are going to get pissed is way ahead of North Carolina. There, you go down to South Carolina and run a clinic, you're going to get some coaches. 
you know, like I, I'm from Long Island originally, haven't been back in years, but there's a lot of quality things going on in Long Island and I'm kind of snooping around. Is there value if I go up there and do a day clinic, do enough coaches value professional development enough where it's worth it's worth financially going up, setting up shop, finding some sponsors to help some costs to go up there because I'd really love to go back and give back to the coaches on Long Island and in the and in the five boroughs and reach into New Jersey because I know how much uh, my high school coaches meant to me because without those without my high school coaches I, I'm nowhere to be found I'm working on a garbage truck with my dad because I'm not a good enough football player to get out of to get out of Inwood so again it's just me trying to pay it forward for different parts of my life and my growth and and it's just cool stuff I plus I like I like teaching like I keep going back and forth if I see somebody's like adjunct professor positions in advanced strength and conditioning man do you do I throw a stab at it and see but then I mean then you got to commit right three days a week two o'clock to 250 <laughs> I got to figure that one out and yeah, no doubt but hey you're thinking the Denver, you let me know. I'll make sure it's a it's a hit. We'll get I'm all the Rocky Mountain states. You, Caulfield, the NSCA, uh, Patrick McHenry. There are some yeah, people yeah. there that I and Patrick's told me he thinks it, it would it would hit big. So it, you know, girls will definitely be an area. Plus, I have some people out there that I'm getting to work with, and then Brian Shaw's mm-hmm. out in that area. Yeah, yeah. Matter of fact, I'm waiting to hear. If, He's going to have visitors, but I may be out there in August for his Shaw Strength too. If, if there are hey. allowed visitors at the at the competition, yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we're from the same hometown actually. But um, shout out for both you guys, and I wanted to say, yo, thank you. And Coach Ken, I I never get ever tired of how long your conversations are because I know I'm gonna get way more content just as a listener than most people they are like, all right, I'm going to give you 30 and then I got to go. So, you know, I want to say thank you for being on. And then, you know, right, this might be, this might've passed the first one, but I shared some with you. Yeah, no, no, no doubt. I think it is, but I think it, it's just great. Cause it's just, you kept it real. You and Peter. And I, I wanted to say thank you for being on. Cause I knew when I saw Peter was following in your footsteps, I was like, I, I want to see what's going on here. Cause I, like I said, I had heard your conversation of, you know, your, your kid's going to have enough coaches, just be dad. So I was thinking, I was like, all right, well, how did Peter, like, where did Peter find his way along into our profession and how he's going about it? And, you know, like I said, shout out again, Peter Ken, cause you, uh, you may be an intern, but you got the experience and you got a good head on your shoulder. So anybody listening, hit hit your boy up. Uh, <laughs> Peter Ken. Oh, good job, Coach. <laughs> I appreciate that because I didn't want to have to. I got do you. It. I got you. Hook this fool up with yeah, a exactly. Job. <laughs> get, the, get this guy a, a contract, but uh, you got to pay back the student yeah. loan. That's we got our first payment till twenty twenty three, so we got some time. But there you, you know, go. I'll just yeah. save up a little bit. No, but I, you know, I, realistic, real talk. I, I appreciate the hell out of both of you guys. You guys are both great coaches, and you know, and you giving all that to to our profession and you know we're i'm grateful for it so thank you for being on the podcast and you know i'll definitely be reaching out again here in the future and talk talk chop again and see how how things are looking well i appreciate it and, and thanks for thinking of pete i mean uh, pete was on travis's podcast a while back and i got a lot of good compliments on, and, and as you can see i mean i'm not saying this because he's my own kid because but he's a little bit wiser than his years. And, uh, and, and I think it's because he was very uh, astute observer. Um, I think a lot of his drive comes from uh, sibling rivalry and his, and his brother being four years older and had a lot of great, you know, again, he, my son, my oldest son has accomplished a lot of great things, different journey different path and Pete's uh, my wife's always said don't sleep on Pete and sometimes we slept on him but I woke him up 
Exactly. So uh, we. Uh, so I just. Uh, so I know he's. Uh, you know he's driven. And uh, I think a lot of that again. I give his mom a lot of credit for uh, doing that. And uh, it's just. Uh, it's fun to watch, right? And uh, like my wife asked me, "Would you work for your son one day?" I said, uh, if he hired I don't clean no shaker bottles. <laughs> Just you, though. Yeah. I don't clean no shaker bottles. Nice, nice. No, but yeah, I appreciate you guys. I mean, you guys are uh, basically the royal family of strength and conditioning. So it's, it's been uh it's been. <laughs> it's been I haven't great. done nothing yet. I haven't done nothing yet. Hey, hey, you will. You will for sure. If we can ever do anything for you, and again, we appreciate it. And again, uh, I'm, I'm excited for you to carry the torch of the Iron Game Chalk Talk. You know, Coach McKeefrey was one of the first guys to start off something like that and utilize YouTube and, and film stuff and get things out there. And it's a well-known brand now in strength and conditioning. Uh, hopefully by you taking it over, a different genre of listeners comes aboard. You can do a good job of bridging all the gaps of strength coaches that are all over. The, there's strength coaches all over now. The high school genre, the private sector strength coach, there's a lot of uh, quality positions out there to, to be had for those who want. No doubt. No, I appreciate you guys, and good luck to and enjoy your summers. Thank you for being on. All right. Good luck, Coach. If we can do anything for you, let us Thanks, know. Thank you. I appreciate your time and uh, having me on. Yep, no doubt. We'll yep. see you. Team Builder is the premier strength and conditioning app for teams and private facilities. Used by more than 2,500 organizations around the world, performance coaches can write training programs online for athletes to access on their mobile app or on tablets in the weight room. You can even print individualized workout cards of your programs directly from their systems. Right now, when you start a 14-day trial, use promo code CHALK, that is promo code C-H-A-L-K, to access more than 70 strength and conditioning programs directly in your Team Builder account, including four sports science questionnaire templates. Today, coaches from around the country use Team Builder's built-in questionnaire module to create COVID-19 pre-screening questionnaires sent to athletes daily. We've been using Team Builder at MSU Denver for several years now and cannot recommend them enough. Hewitt and his staff go above and beyond to help create an outstanding user experience for all the teams they work with. I have yet to run into a type of periodization or programming format that the staff at Team Builder cannot tackle and create. From asking around, it is clear more college and high school strength coaches use Team Builder more than any other training program available. Go to teambuilder.com and check them out. Thanks everyone for listening. Thank you to our great guests for taking the time to share their experiences. Thank you to Play and Team Builder for being great companies that help our profession. And most importantly, thank you, the listeners. Please find us on social media at Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0. Find our show notes on wherever you listen to your podcast. Leave us a rating, comment, and subscribe. And don't forget to say hi. It's great to hear from coaches from around the country. Talk to you all next week on another episode of Iron Game Chalk Talk 2.0.